Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Brian Danielson faces Roosh MJF. Has actually has a match. We have new AEW tag team champions. Cody and Paul Heyman have a promo segment for the ages. Uh, your Vengeance Day recap, even though I'm the only one that watched it. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. Five lunch shifts plus four dinner shifts. Hey, I'm not judging anybody. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, you judging all right, motherfucker. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Veggie, a.k.a. W.E. Coco B. Where to Boys. And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Jesus Christ. I knew it was going to be... I unmuted the laugh at that one. <laughs> I knew it was going to be W.E. B. The Boys. I was like, damn, he taking his sweet time getting to the end, ain't he? Good Lord. Black Happy History. Black History Month, everybody. <laughs> no, say oh, Black I got a bunch. Yeah, I know. I was going to say Black History Month is just anointed these jokers a, a reason to get more creative when it comes to the AKAs. And that's all they need is more reason to get creative. And on that level, we know I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 294, Chapter 3, Verse 14 of the Good Spark saith, hashtag boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the Holy Trinity of BFR. While I'm thinking about it, let me do this now because my boy Joey hit me up. We got to talk a little business for 30 seconds. Um, March 18th, creeping around the corner, kids. Circle the date on your calendar. Put the little message in your calendar for your phone, the whole nine yards. STL versus the world part due. Coming back at you straight from the Grandel once again, where we went for the first time around. We're going back to the same venue the second time around. Tickets are on sale at Metro Ticks. You can go in there, click the link, or you can go to their uh, Instagram webpage. They'll get the, have the link there as well. Four big matches coming out. Um, let me make sure I have this right. Miss Kate versus Tootie Lynn. You'll have uh, Thomas Shire versus Nick Aldis. Yes, that Nick Aldis. Oh, yeah. Big, big coup for Joey on that one. Um, the main event would be um, Motor City Machine Guns versus Technical Difficulties. And make sure I have the fourth match right. Jake something versus Gary J. That should be banger on banger. We're talking about big mini men slapping meat. Gary J ain't that big, but he's going to be slapping some meat. So don't meet me there. Beat me there. Go to the website. Get your tickets. We'll see you there March 18th. And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Zach. Two beer, Zach Pullman. What's going on, two beer? BFR West in the house oh man busy week i uh, didn't get to watch nearly as much wrestling as i wanted to but uh we got a weekend in new japan coming up and i got two days off so now we're talking you know speaking of tinderball hall he did something very thoughtful for your boys here on the bfr podcast we have episode 300 coming up i'm not going to tell you what it is but if you're a long time listener of the show you'll definitely appreciate it uh we're, we're gonna have a, a character from the show back we're also gonna try to plan we're not us three we're not the best at planning shit and carrying shit out but we're gonna do our best in fact jason's probably the best out of us three which tells you how bad we are hey, hey motherfucker i'm sitting right here 
Uh, but we're sitting. Uh, Jason and I are sitting here in beautiful St. Charles, Missouri. It is. Uh, it's nice out here tonight. Not not too bad at all. Uh, but I don't want to belabor the point by talking about the weather all night. So let's get to that three count. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. See, shit works when it's not fucking sub-degree weather. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> I say, like, why is this shit not working? Um, one count, let's do uh, WWE, all things main roster WWE. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about Vengeance Day here in a little bit. Um, obviously, the biggest story, the biggest thing coming out of WWE this week, uh, coming out of the Royal Rumble, was the promo with Cody Rhodes and... Paul Heyman, obviously, Cody Rhodes coming out to do his victory lap after winning the Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley did hers as well. We can talk about that in here in a little bit. Um, I said last week, and I've said it weeks, you know, kind of once Cody came back, that some of his momentum was lost when he left, and that just happened to coincide with the fact of the Sami Zayn bloodline um, I guess, melting of their storylines and then that storyline taking off to the point where a lot of people, you know, Zach included, I've seen it, people on uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever the case may be. Um, Sami Zayn is the, the people's choice right now. He feels like the people's choice to... Uh, to beat Roman Reigns and finally end the uh, the streak of Roman Reigns, 800-some-odd days, give or take. Um, I think this promo was kind of built to get, and I don't want to say people off the Sammy bandwagon because you can like Sammy or you can, you can like Cody at the same time. You don't have to choose. But I really think that this was promo was geared to get the focus back onto Cody Rhodes because that was, if Cody Rhodes never got hurt, we you just don't know about what would happen with Sammy. He could have went with the bloodline, but you know it, it might not have been as big. Probably not, but neither here nor there. You know we can't rewrite history. Um, Cody comes out obviously to take his uh, victory lap, and Paul Heyman comes out, and it, that was a kind of a surprise because I just thought that we would just have you know. Cody come out, you know, do his victory lap, you know, talk about Roman Reigns and start to the build to WrestleMania kudos to creative or Cody, whoever came up with it. They, you couldn't not talk about Sammy at this point because he is that guy. He's going to be the next in line to face Roman Reigns and to Cody's credit. He didn't look past Sammy Zayn. He actually said, you know, Hey, if Sammy wins, then it's going to be me and Sammy at Cody, uh, me and uh, (laughs) Sammy at WrestleMania. If Roman Reigns, then obviously Roman Reigns wins, then you have status quo. So Cody played it straight there. Once Paul Heyman came out, I just wasn't sure what was going to happen. And then it just, I think the best thing about wrestling sometimes is when you, bring in the real life stuff and you melt it into the wrestling angle that you're trying to push. And when they were talking about, you know, Dusty Rhodes hitting real life hard times, not the promo, but the real life hard times, like Cody said, and you know, he didn't, he didn't have money coming in the card that, uh, that they were having that they did the commercial, uh, Dusty did the commercials just to keep the car, you know, that's real life shit, man. And I mean, I, I can't say I've been that, you know, hard off 
when it comes to money, but there has been times where money is tight. And, you know, that's something that you that I think everybody can appreciate, not unless you're just that top 1% where you never had to worry about it. At some point in life, you've all had to worry about money. To go to that extreme, to do work just to keep the family car that, you know, that shit hit home. You know, it, it made fucking Paul Heyman start to tear up and shit. That's when it really started to kick in. It was like, okay. I would just like to point out that I also go to work just to keep the family car. <laughs> you got but two motherfuckers. That's, that's, I mean, hard times. <laughs> First world problem, hard times. Um, got to work. Yeah, true story, true story. Uh, cats got to eat, too. Um, once Heyman started to break, that's when I, th- I was like, okay, this this is starting to go into a territory that I'm not sure that either or guy was thinking it was going to do, but then Heyman started to break. Cody started to break a little bit. Just really good back and forth, but obviously the, the final line from Heyman – was the line that I was kind of waiting for because now that brings the heat to uh, a few that kind of needs it a little bit right now. Sammy and, and Roman have all the heat, and it's well-deserved. It's well-written. I get it. But if Roman Reigns does win, and I expect him to do so, you're going to need to have something set up going towards WrestleMania. This was, dare I say, preheating the oven, whatever little cooking analogy you want to go with in the sentence. This was a really good segment, dare I say, on the list of early BFR promo of the year segments. It was it was really, really good. Both guys did their job. Heyman is just, it's just so fucking good. I know we say it all the time. It was just magic. Every time I think... Oh, this is Paul Heyman's best work. Wait a minute. Hold my beer. Paul Heyman does something to make me question that thought. So for me, that to me is the the biggest, you know, takeaway from seven hours of WWE is that one 15-minute promo that will probably set up a WrestleMania match between Cody Rhodes and one Roman Reigns. Zach, your thoughts? I didn't get to see the segment, unfortunately. I heard it was fantastic, so... I am looking forward to watching that Hulu version of Raw, um, pretty much specifically for this. But, uh, you know, Jason's right. I I do appreciate just secondhand that Cody, you know, kayfabe style does not look past anything and also kind of gives him like a nice rub that, uh, you know, maybe he could um, unseat uh, Roman. I do think that that even though... Uh, Nobody really expects anything to win at Elimination Chamber. I think that Montreal crowd is going to be so hot. And I think there'll be a hotter crowd, even though they're smaller than the Cody-Roman-WrestleMania match. And I think that's going to be a hot crowd, too, because I think that everybody expects Cody to take this thing. I don't know. I mean, early predictions, but I fully expect Cody to take the title. So. Um, this segment was remarkable for a few reasons. The second, the first one being, um, Cody mentioned the hard times promo, which amongst smarts like us is one of the, you know, probably three most famous promos in wrestling history. I mean, it's the one that you can just say, you know, hard times and you know exactly what it is. If you've never seen it, I recommend YouTubing it because it was Dusty Rhodes at his best. The second reason why this was remarkable is because 
I don't think that Paul Heyman expected Cody to tell that story. And if Paul Heyman did expect Cody to tell that story, then he's a hell of an actor. Mm. And I know he's a hell of an actor, but it really looked like Paul Heyman had to collect himself for a good 60 seconds after Cody told that story. It looked like it completely disarmed Paul Heyman. And I, and I bet when they got back there, Paul Heyman was like, you motherfucker. Right. Like, you didn't have to do that. But it was very it was very kind to Paul Heyman, and it did catch him off balance. And it took Paul Heyman a, a little while to get back to where he was going. No doubt. He, then he said, if we're going to pull the curtain back, let's pull it all, all the, the way, way back. back. I was like, oh, shit. And then ending with, Ending with, uh, yeah, your dad, the last conversation I had, your dad told me that you were his favorite son, but Roman was the son that he wished he had. That was excellent. And then Cody grabbing him before he left and said, you want everybody, I just want to win a championship. Everyone wants to make it personal. You just made it personal. I'm going to take it out on your boy. Tremendous segment. Uh, A couple, uh, uh, the third thing is that when we had Batista win the Royal Rumble, in the, the WrestleMania 30 buildup, the, the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania is pretty much how it's colloquially known now because he beat Triple H in the curtain jerker and then he won a triple threat match in the main event beating Batista and one Randy Orton, Orton. Orton to uh, to win the belt and finally it crowned. Um, in the build-up to that, after Batista won the Royal Rumble, they didn't mention Daniel Bryan. They did. They didn't. They acted like he didn't exist for the first month in the build-up to WrestleMania for Batista and Orton. And the crowd let them know that fuck you guys. We're still here thinking about Daniel Bryan. And I think they learned from that. At least Hunter did. I think they learned from that, that you have to mention Sami Zayn. Because when he brought up Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns still gets booze. I know that everybody talks about how liked Roman Reigns is, but the man still gets booze. Those were not piped-in booze either. He was getting booed in the arena. I can tell. I like to think that I can tell the difference. (laughs) Um, And then they started chanting Sami. And that's when Cody said, you read my mind, started talking about Sami again. So that's very smart. Acknowledge that Sami is there. Because in the lead-up to that WrestleMania 30 – they treated us like we were fucking idiots. Like we did like we were just gonna forget about Daniel Bryan and get all psyched up about Batista versus Orton, which was never gonna happen, especially in that year. The other thing that I think they have in their back pocket is I think they know that the elimination chamber angle that's going to happen when it's Sammy versus Roman. I think they know that it's going to be good enough to uh, make people forget about Roman Reigns, and Roman and or make people forget about Sammy versus Roman Reigns, and they're going to be thinking about whatever happens next, whether it's KO turns on Sammy or it's Jay and Jimmy, and we're going to get a tag team match, something of that nature. That I think they have that in their back pocket, and I think they trust enough. I think they trusted enough that this angle will carry them through and plus on on another note it made the cody roman reigns match it made me anticipate a little bit more this is okay so now you're selling me on this fucking match now i want to see this fucking match i i always want to see the roman reigns matches at wrestlemania just because i want to see how they're booked because it's always pretty interesting how they're booked it was a little uh kind of sucked i think it was two years ago when it was roman versus brock and brock 
Somebody kind of got hurt during it. I think it was Bro- uh, no, it was, uh, oh, it was Roman. Yeah, it was Roman. Roman got hurt, and uh, that was <clears throat> a bit of a disappointment. But now I really want to see this match. Agreed totally. Uh, and that was, I think, another reason why this promo was done and why it had to be done. You know, either way, Cody is in the on-deck circle, so to speak. You know, it doesn't matter who is going to be, you know, pitching to him, so to speak. He's getting ready to face the winner of um, Sammy and uh, Roman Reigns. I was thinking more in the lines of Jay Uso's return is the, the catalyst that pushes Sammy away from Roman and it's we all would assume spinning off towards an Uso versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens tag team title match at WrestleMania. Jay has been off camera since he's left the bloodline at the Rumble, which but is good. They have a match next week, or they have a match tomorrow night, I should say. Stole my thunder. Which is the Usos versus Ricochet and Braun, Braun for the tag Stroman team titles. Tag belts, yeah. So you would assume once again that Jay would be there and for the tag team title match, and then you know we we would see the the drama unfold before and after the match itself. Like I said, for me, Jay Uso is the catalyst, and no disrespect to uh, Switchway Jay White. I know you the man and everything, but just for this scenario. Jay White has to take a step back for a second. Jay Uso's got to cost Sammy this match to set up their WrestleMania tag team title match. That's Jay just White my guess. wasn't in the Royal Rumble. No, unfortunately, he oh, was he not. wasn't. Yeah. I remember a lot of people calling that. Not yeah. on this podcast. But. <laughs> well, you're the uh, you're the reporter here, so I would assume I'm that the journalist. You, yes. Yeah, if he was uh, coming, then you would probably have broken that, you know, weeks ago. So that way, you know, give us a little love. I mean, that's a good point. Um, any other thoughts about this uh, before we move on? There was a couple. I mean, it's the road to WrestleMania. There was some shit that happened. No, I was getting ready to say we can jump to SmackDown for just. Um, chronological reasons alone. We talked about Braun and Ricochet facing the Usos. They beat Imperium in the tag team tournament finals to win the tournament. Obviously, they'll be facing the Usos next week. Um, Rhea Ripley had her segment. Dom and Ray have their NASCAR segment. Not a huge fan of the NASCAR portion of the program, but it continues their walk towards WrestleMania, like we said, on the road to WrestleMania. Um, Sonya Deville versus Charlotte in a, I guess it was a, a women's title match. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I still have a hard time wrapping my head around Charlotte being a, a baby face. For me, it just doesn't work. I'm always waiting for her to pull the football back as the fans start to move up to kick it like Moosey does to Charlie Brown all the time and okie doke us to where, you know, yeah, motherfuckers, you thought I was being nice. You know, this is the real Charlotte Flair, the queen is back kind of deal, but I guess it's kind of working. The the match itself between her and Sonya Deville was okay. Um, I just, I miss the old Sonya Deville. And when I mean the old Sonya Deville, I mean the, the one that had the, the few with Manny Rose that looked like she was going to be someone that was on the rise. And obviously she had to take time away because some crazy motherfuckers had to stalk her ass and threaten to tie her up. But that's another story for another time. Um, that's the Sonya Deville I miss. And this Sonya Deville is okay. 
I just wish we were getting some uh, some more of a push for her. Bloodline all all up and down SmackDown, all SmackDown, <laughs> all up and down SmackDown. Um, obviously, the hunt for Jay Uso is on. Nobody can find him. Nobody's heard from him. Yada yada yada. Um, Brawling Brutes versus the Viking Raiders. Uh, the next match up. It's it's funny how I want to get behind the Viking Raiders because I remember them as War Machine from ROH and NXT Times, and they beat the Brawling Brutes, and it's not even 30 seconds later. They just get wonked by Sheamus and Drew. I'm like, okay, I get it. But, I mean, damn. We can't wait a week? Yeah, lots of people get buried in WrestleMania season, though. They're building up to a Drew versus Sheamus match, right? They're going to have them be friends for a little while. The same way that War Joe worked, they're going to have them be friends for a while, and then they're going to break them up real fast so we can get to Drew versus Sheamus. Well, no, Gunther, I think, might be the guy that – and then that that's the rumor that is running about that Gunther is going to be the guy that's – going to be in the middle and they'll wrestle at Mania in a triple threat match for the uh for the IC championship. If we do Drew and uh Sheamus solo dolo, that's fine too. I mean some of the best WrestleMania matches that never had a title on the line were you know really good WrestleMania matches. Rock Hogan is one of the best ones. HBK and uh Kurt Angle, I think it was amazing and it had nothing on the line. So I mean if you want to go that route you can. I just think that we just came from that, so I don't think you want to go back to that. Well, a whole bunch of taker matches. Uh, what do you think, Zach? I laughed my ass off the whole time Ray and Dominic were racing those cars, and they had, like, this, like, racers trash talking. Um, but also, it was so cheesy, but I was like, eh, there's probably a demographic that likes that, and uh, that was probably really fun. Like, Rey Mysterio's probably done a lot of shit in his life, but uh, I don't know if he's driven a race car, and I was like, hey, good for him. Against his um, son, too. I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking, man, I bet those guys are having a fucking blast doing it. Plus, you can tell the parents love this shit. You, you know. <laughs> I'm over like, man, what the fuck is this? Dom's character as the guy who went to jail but never re- was really in prison but acts like he was in prison is so simple. But, man, it's so good. It is so good. Really good. The way that he refers to everything, like, I knew this guy in the joint and, like, shit like that. <laughs> it's like, come on. It's like, it's really funny. You get shanked for doing some shit like that inside. Yeah. He's, he's, really, he's really good. Uh, damn. Zach, what did you think about the final segment with Roman and Sammy? Uh, I mean, any of this kind of um, interaction is fantastic. I love the heat. Um you know, I didn't necessarily love Sammy attacking him from behind. I didn't think that was very baby face. Um, I would have much preferred, even though he's, you know, an underdog and he's much smaller, like in stature, I would have preferred um, him coming out and, you know, not doing it from behind, but still got a great reaction. That was really my only um, kind of sentiment. Uh, well, it was the only thing that I would have would have tweaked. I was okay with it. I like my initial reaction was probably pretty similar to yours, but when he was shouting in the microphone that I never wanted anything from you except to be a part of the family, I never wanted anything from you. I was like, uh, I I was okay with it. I the only thing I kind of balked at 
okay, well, now he wants the title. It seems like that was kind of a quick quick turnaround to him not wanting anything, and now I want your title. I'm not going to nitpick here, though. I'm ready for Sammy versus Roman at Montreal. It's going to be insane. It is going to be insane. That that crowd is going to be fucking nuts. Yeah. And they know what's expected of them. Yeah. And they're going to fucking deliver. Yeah. It's not even that you know what's expected of them. They're just going to deliver. I mean, it's been a hot minute since Canada has had anything this big wrestling-wise in a long, long time. Probably Brett, Sean, Montreal Screwjob. So you're going back to the city of one of the most infamous wrestling just spots, for well, lack the, of a better term. The infamous. No, there's, there's more. It's just not that one. There's more than one. I'm not going to be that guy, but just for this scenario. No, it's, it's, the, it's the most famous... It's the most infamous uh, thing that ever happened in since the territories have been combined, right? I'm not going to get bogged down on that point. You, what else probably, would it be? You're probably right. I mean, Owen dying was a tragedy. Like, Montreal Screwjob wasn't a tragedy. I, it was... I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Back, back behind the stages, back behind the scenes type shit. Get it. Okay? I'm... I don't want to belabor that point. Like I said, you're probably right. Obviously, I want to belabor it. <laughs> all my point is this. With that high crowd, with all the chips in the middle, this is the time to, if you really want to make the Sammy Kevin Owens Uso match happen, this is the time to do it. Because all the guys will be, well, I take that back. The Usos can't leave the country. So somehow, some way, you would have to figure out Sola Sokol would have to be the guy. Oh, that's right. There's an Uso that can't make it to Montreal. Right. Which Uso is it? I'm assuming Oh, uh, you can't tell him apart? I'm assuming it's Jimmy. No, I can tell him <laughs> apart. Fuck you, motherfucker. I'm assuming it's Jimmy because he's the one in all the legal problems. Okay, I can't remember which one has the legal problems. Jesus I can't tell him apart. Okay, so. I can now. As I'm thinking about it, Jay would still probably be in play. I would assume, unless it's neither one of them can leave the country. And in that case, that would be Solo Sokoa that would do the dirt. But somehow, some way, the bloodline costs Sami Zayn this match to set up the WrestleMania match. Something's happening. Something's happening. I just, I just realized that they need to shoot a remake of Back to the Future with Trinity and Jay's kid where he goes back and it's just all the uh, the family and little Jimmy Uso's in the playpen and uh, he looks at him, his uncle, Gilbert Jimmy, says, you better look get used to those bars, kid. Oh, he just... writes the whole script just for that one joke. <laughs> he just stays in there all day, so we just leave him in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. It's like the perfect... It's the perfect script. It's the perfect movie script. It's so good. 
Amazing. I, anyway, my, my brother's name is Joey, and uh, <laughs> now that I have a daughter, I go, hey, here, like every time he walks out, I was like, here, here comes Uncle Gerald Bird Joey. Better get used to these bars, kid. I say it every time he walks in. <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> Let's flip the Raw real quick. Um, Edge opens up, returning from uh, the Royal Rumble. Uh, he and Beth Phoenix come out, basically uh, challenge Judgment Day, so it would be a Judgment Day match between, I believe it is, Edge and uh, Beth Phoenix and Dom and uh, Rhea Ripley at Elimination Chamber. No, Finn and Finn Rhea Ripley. And, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, because that Cause would Damian make Priest sense. is in Elimination, Elimination Chamber. Chamber yeah. And Dom will probably be at ringside. Okay, right. so you'd have that match coming up here at Elimination Chamber. That was made on Monday night. Um, as long as Dom is there, I don't care about that mixed tag match it is what it is probably setting up could be a really cool match it, edge made some really great points in this promo sorry to no, touch go you ahead, off go ahead. edge made some really good points in this promo he's like I, I he's like the judgment day is my fault i started it um i want to bring some guys along but elevate them like he said and he's then, like honestly if you look at since i started it he's like everybody there is better off than with the, the where they were before uh which is true uh, he kind of pish poshed uh, Dom, which is perfect. Perfect. It's it doesn't put him over, but it puts him over, right? Because Dom is such a little shit heel, right. you know. Um, my f- favorite part, you know, Edge's babyface promos are not my favorite thing, and I, I'm just not an Edge guy. I've said I know, I, I know. I've said on just, here for it, a long time. It blows my mind. You, you you missed the whole Edge run, so I, I can't fault you for right. that. It's it's been. It's been uh, discussed on here ad nauseum, but I did like when he was in the middle of his promo and there was a bunch of fucking uh, kids on the side that were chanting, you still got it. He turned around and he goes, I never, never lost, lost it. it. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you chant, you still got it at Edge? Like, he was, and he did not like them chanting that. He's like, come on, I've fought in re- the last two WrestleManias. He's like, I'm here, I've, I've been back for a while. Don't chant, you still got it at me. Fuck it, no. Seriously, Royal Rumble. He he went from uh, first to last. Well, not first to last, but I mean, uh, easily been there for like sixty minutes to win the Royal Rumble. That ends up being the Daniel Bryan uh, Roman Reigns Edge Triple Threat match. Right, but don't chant. Listen, you still got it. Is almost as bad to me. There's so many chants that just there. There are chants that sometimes they get overused, like fight forever and this is awesome. Like, that's a fun chant, but, like, don't save it for, like, the opening match of NXT on a fucking random Tuesday. Like, chant it. If you're going to chant this is awesome, it should be in, like, uh, match seven of the Elite versus Death Death Triangle or something like that. Don't chant this is awesome or fight forever. Fight forever, that's what you chant when it's Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn in a huge match, like, they've had a WrestleMania match. Like, that's when you chant that stuff. Don't chant you still got it at Edge, who who makes a huge comeback every two and a half months. <laughs> hey, man. What the fuck? It's not, it has not been. No, it's, it's not his fault, but, like, don't chant you still got it at Edge. For him to turn around, but also him turning around and say, I never lost it. 
They should have been like, "That's what we. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> we never said you lost it. <laughs> we said you still got it." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Everybody on three. You, you Stop know, yelling at us. <laughs> right. Which one are we going with? Stop yelling at us. Okay. Cut your fucking promo. <laughs> your wife looks like a Valera. Oh. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Dexter Gubis. I can't believe she did all that hair to not be in the Royal Rumble. That was insane to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Beth Phoenix. I, I do. I just listen. I mean, I want to see this match. I think that Beth Phoenix is cool. I think the Edge is cool. They're just not. They're just not my cup of tea. I celebrate all of you that love them. Back, backhanded compliment, like a motherfucker. I swear hey, to God. Hey, Jason. Yes, sir. Grow the fuck up. Never. Um. Dexter Loomis versus <laughs> Barry <laughs> Corbin. The next matchup, um, Dexter Loomis goes over. Um, JBL obviously coming to the ring, if you've seen it. Not necessarily uh, enthusiastic about being behind Baron Corbin this time around after being ceremoniously dismissed in the Royal Rumble in less than 30 seconds. Um I was kind of waiting for JBL and Baron Corbin to kind of split. Ultimately, it ends up happening in a backstage segment. JBL gives Baron Corbin the boot. So, what's next for Baron Corbin? One shall see. I'm not too big on Baron Corbin, and people kind of already know this, but I, I kind of suspect that this might be some sort of push to get him a WrestleMania match. But we'll see. I mean, it's not too much more you can do with Baron Corbin at this point unless you elevate him to the main uh, event scene, which I just don't see right now, but we shall see. But they can't do Baron Corbin versus JBL, right? JBL can't wrestle, right? <clears throat> and then they do J- Baron Corbin versus Kurt Angle just not that long ago? Well, that that was the dude that re- retired Kurt Angle, so... Right, but that was at WrestleMania. And then last year's WrestleMania was Baron Corbin versus Drew McIntyre, I think? And then Drew McIntyre kicked out of the... Sounds days. right. Yes. Yeah. Sounds in right. The, in the second match of the first night. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds right. Way to tell a story there, guys. <laughs> Barry Corbin's, you know, a little lost Roll right the now. Fuck up! Barry Corbin's a little lost right now. He'll be okay. Um, Brock Lesnar comes out for his promo, which was a little bit of a surprise. Didn't expect to see Brock come out. He wants a, a piece of Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley comes out looking. Pimped out as usual. Dare I say a little hurt business uh, garb, if you will. Bobby is not necessarily ready to jump into this match. He wants to have his agents, his lawyer, his manager look at this, blah, blah, blah. Brock's not having it after talking about having sex with Sable for four hours and then thinking about Brock Les- or Bobby Glassley after the fact. Brock gives him Probably a couple of... long to lube her up. <laughs> Brock gives oh him... <laughs> now that's when you need to hit the button of grow the fuck up. Uh, grow the fuck up! <laughs> that's when Brock hits the F5, not once, but twice. So slowly but surely, I think we're getting a... At least we're getting a Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar match at Elimination Chamber. And then I can easily see that spilling over into a... WrestleMania match, her yeah. business being involved in either or, if not both. I apologize to Sable and Brock Lesnar for that one. Uh, Sable, come find me. It won't take as long. <laughs> um, 
I can see uh, Hurt Business getting back together because Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander had a win later on in this Raw against the Alpha Academy, getting relegated to jobber status again. Too bad, but um, I could see this ending in a Lashley win or some sort of non-finish that ends up being in WrestleMania. Zach, are you excited about any of these developments? Uh, I think I will be more. I mean, we just saw Lashley and Lesnar, but that's a, I mean, that's a solid matchup. It's always going to be good, uh, but we did. It, I don't know. It seems kind of paint by numbers. We've been seeing a lot of, I guess there was the edge. Not he's, he's always out for injury, whether it was a real injury or whether it was like, I think he was shooting a movie this time. Um, you know, I'm into that mixed tag kind of situation, but uh, Rhea is going to be, is that going to be an elimination chamber? Because Rhea's in a, she won the Rumble, so. Yeah, that's an that elimination chamber. Yes. Okay, I'm into that. that uh, uh, I think the, Judgment Day accepted, accepted the match. So it's Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. That'll be a real good match. So, yeah, that, that pushes my button. Elimination, elimination Chamber is looking to be a really great pay-per-view, and it's not we're not even talking Elimination Chamber. Like, the actual oh, we get ready the, to the game. So I'm just saying, like, you know, that that's like the least exciting portion to me so far, which is interesting. Right. We had Angelo Dawkins lose his Elimination Chamber match to Damian Priest, and we had Elias and Montez Ford beat Elias. So only one of the Street Profits is going to be an Elimination Chamber match. I would like to see a story told with that, hopefully. Uh, that's not just Angelo just having Montez's back. I would like to see, hopefully, because this is, except for that match that was not at SummerSlam, but it was a really good match. It was the Usos versus the Street Profits where I remember bitching because I thought Street Profits were going to win if you weren't going to put them over there. If you're not going to have the Street Profits uh, make some real noise in the tag division, then you have to start making these guys single stars, and I think both of them can be single stars. I know people are always on Montez Ford's nuts, me included. I'm about to say, motherfucker, don't act like you ain't on that I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, but Angelo Dawkins had a really good match with Damian Priest I agree also. With that. I agree with that. And uh, Angelo Dawkins seems to have uh, dropped a bunch of LBs. He looks really good. Dude can go. Dude's got a ton of charisma. He is, you know, I don't want to call him. He's not the Marty Jannetty, but I always think people are too mean to Marty Jannetty. But What the fuck? <laughs> That's the dude you should be mean to. Well, there's plenty of people in wrestling to be mean to. I mean, Marty Jannetty, listen, I'm just saying, it just sucks that Marty Jannetty is shorthand for guy from the tag team that doesn't make it. Poor guy. Look, I'm not going to sit here and disagree with the fact that I agree with everything you said about Angelo Dawkins. It felt like once a rumor about a Street Profits breakup would come up and Montez Ford would be on the rise, it almost felt like it was a the kick in the ass that Angelo Dawkins needed. He can always go, but he always had, you know, just some little extra poundage on him. The Elimination and, Chamber match, though, being for the U.S. title, I kind of like it being for the U.S. title just because it adds a bunch of intrigue and because it gets spotlights on guys that Montez Ford doesn't get a whole lot of spotlights on pay-per-views. And having him be the only Street Poppets member in the Elimination Chamber, I'm down with that. In fact, 
I would love to see him win it because I think that Montez Ford, Austin Theory could have like some really a really good match at WrestleMania. I'll go this far. It's Montez Ford gets his props. It's just in a tag team scenario. We don't see him a lot in singles matches, so this is this his time to get a little shine on him. From that point. You know, you it's not. I won't say it's the usual suspects, but you still have a, a bunch of guys that we've seen before that have some sort of connection to theory, and we'll just see how this thing plays itself out. I'm not saying I'm not disagreeing with you about the street profits thing. I just think it, ha, it either has to happen one or two ways. Either it's a breakup, and they go their separate ways, or they somehow do it like a new day thing and they, they kumbaya and coexist and you can go do your singles thing. We can go after the tag team titles at some point, something along those lines. There's no real gray area when it comes to the street profits in my mind. Any other thoughts about this? I was getting ready to look up elimination chamber. Then my wife asked me if I went a lion's choice and I got very yeah excited. Um, I am mad at you shit. That sounds amazing. Just- Green with jealous rage. <laughs> about to say, I ain't even Double meat, you. extra seasoning. Yeah, right. About to say, get some extra uh, packets to go with that motherfucker. Um, Oscar beating Chelsea Green, um, not necessarily a big deal. I, it was just kind of weird where you had the Elimination Chamber participants around the ring. Can I stop you for a second? Because I did look up yeah, go. Elimination Chamber. Go. Uh, when you said it's the usual suspects, this is not the usual suspects. This is a fun Elimination Chamber matchup. It's Austin Theory, Seth freaking Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. That is not the usual I, I said also as well. Well, I they wasn't, have some I connection. wasn't listening. Okay, I was well, then, looking then, at the Lions' then, choice. Then... then Back the fuck up. up. Then you need to back the fuck up and listen before you start talking some shit. Okay? Seth Rollins is a usual suspect. Unprofessional bullshit. Well, you know, it is what it is. Um, Seth Rollins to me is a usual suspect when it comes to Austin Theory. Johnny Gargano ties with Austin Theory. Bronson Reed is new. Montez Ford is new. Who's the sixth guy? Uh, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest. Okay, Damian Priest is new. So you got half new guys, half guys with ties to Austin Theory. It's a good lineup. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm disagreeing with the shit. I'm just saying, look. Okay, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. Main event: Becky versus <laughs> Bailey in the steel cage. Obviously, that was usurped a couple weeks ago when Damage Control beat down Becky before the match even started. Now we actually have the match itself. I thought this was going to be something that they would bleed over into WrestleMania, but with the finish, with Lita coming out and helping Becky Lynch win this match, I'm hearing rumors of a Lita, at least Lita versus Bailey at WrestleMania, probably be more so of a tag team match where you might have all of damage control Becky, Lita, and Trish Trish. Stratish is the third woman that I'm hearing is a possibility where you have a six-woman tag bringing Trish Stratish into the mix. (laughs) 
Okay. I see how you think about this shit. Two beer possible uh, thoughts on a six-woman tag match at WrestleMania. Damage control, Trish, Lita, and Becky Lynch. That actually kind of makes sense. Um, you know, if you're if you're trying to pack a pack a match and get people, you know, some WrestleMania paydays. Um, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. I was kind of just leaning on the Bailey Becky um, situation because those are two big single stars. But it seems like you know Ronda's probably not doing the singles match. It's not going to be a Becky Ronda, and we're not going to run that back. And it's just not as big of a match as it would have been whenever they didn't give it to us the last time. So that ship has sailed, and we we missed the boat. So no, nah, they missed like the Ronda boat. Wants to be a tag team wrestler now, which is probably the best thing for. Him. I'm. I'm... Is it? Is sure, it the- for now. Maybe she can. Maybe they can do something cool with those belts, and um, you know, that could be a cool badass team. I don't know. You you have more optimism about that situation than me. I'm sorry, you know, and my d- dislike for Ronda Rousey aside, I shouldn't say I dislike her. I just I don't like. I think she's like I said, she's just overrated. You know, I, I expect more from her the booking of her in this scenario where she shouldn't we shouldn't be having her in a tag team title match with Shayna Baszler hell Shayna Baszler shouldn't even be in a tag team title match either or should be chasing a title I don't care which one it is pick the one pick one chasing one pick the other one chase the other one but both are good enough to where we shouldn't have to have them going after damage control in a tag team title match. It just, the whole thing is you have four women there that probably shouldn't be tag team period. You know what I'm saying? And now you're going to throw them together in a tag team title match. It is what it is. You know, like I said, Ronda Rousey, I think should be bigger than this should be better than this. And the fact that now she wasn't in the rumble and you're going to have her tagging with Shayna makes sense. But just a little bit of a downgrade, to say the least. We're going to have Bianca Belair versus the winner of the Elimination Chamber. We're going to have Charlotte versus Rhea. And we're going to have, hopefully, this three-on-three match. Those are three pretty big matches, uh, pretty big women's matches. There's only so much room at the top of the card. You know, we always say this. So, this makes sense to me. This gets people on the show... Trish and Lita are big stars to everybody else. It, I mean, when Lita came out at the end of Raw the other day, I fucking snoozed. I just just <laughs> couldn't couldn't fall asleep faster. It was it was like listen it was like listening to one of those British chicks on YouTube try to talk me down for two hours to sleep. Which which by the way you can find uh, that's I, in in fact I recommend it if you're trying to sleep. Wow, I wasn't shit. You give a fuck about Lita? I wasn't shitting on that. I was talking about Ronda Rousey, specifically Ronda Rousey. I don't care about this scenario that they're starting to build up, a six-woman tag, none of that shit. I don't care about that, okay? Okay. Okay. I'm talking about Ronda Rousey. Before we move off of the main roster stuff, you have forgotten the biggest moment from Raw and SmackDown. I'm not talking about that. What? Uh, You can talk about it. 
Talk about what? You talk about it. I want you to tell no, me. No, I'm not. What do you, what do you think I'm no, talking about? No, I am not going to. That's like saying, say Beetlejuice twice or say Candyman in the mirror. No, I'm not going to do it. You can do it. I'm not going to do it. In the backstage segment. <laughs> is this what you thought I was talking about? Yes. You know me so well. After 295 episodes. You can talk about that. Adam Pierce signs maximum male models to a new contract, and they showed it on screen. Thank God. Let's go, Maximum Male Models. Do they have any merch? <laughs> Do they have any merch? <laughs> I want to wear some merch. Bill will take an uh, XL. <laughs> Don't you send me no Maximum Male Models shit for nothing. Any other final thoughts about the main roster stuff? No, just... Um, we need to get to Elimination Chamber so that way we can, we can really start fleshing out matches for WrestleMania. Elimination Chamber should be we'll good, have, though. We'll have our Elimination Chamber uh, predictions next week, oh. I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. be another prediction week that I have to text you because uh, I'm going to be at a strip club for work. So. <laughs> Man, I wish there was. Once I again. just told you the maximum male models should got re signed. They're not going to be there, dude. <laughs> Let's get to that two count. One, oh, my two, God. Three. I wish there was a camera on you. Oh, no, that's what you say. I'm going to be at a strip club for work. I'm with Bill and I look at each other like. Zach didn't tell what? us what he did for a living, but just told us what he what he has to go to after hours. You'd be like, what the fuck does Zach do exactly? Is he a pimp? Is he a pimp? Yeah, yeah motherfucker. You go into the strip club again. <laughs> Texas the pigs again. <laughs> two beer. What's the two count? Uh, two count is AEW. Um, I like I said, I was able to watch SmackDown. I was not able to watch Rampage. I don't know if there was anything newsworthy on there. Did either of you guys watch it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Okay, we'll just move on. Uh, but. Dynamite was newsworthy, and this was another excellent Dynamite. Um, I mean, just consistently great wrestling. You know, you know, you talk about uh, segments and kind of like trends and things like being like hit or miss. Uh, it does feel like WWE is like a hotter product, like overall. What? I feel like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying a better product, just hotter. I feel like uh, there's more interest. It's always, you know, been a bigger product, but you know, the, the Roman Sammy stuff and like the Cody stuff, that's, that's like real deal investment, right? You've got two white meat baby faces going against like, uh, this heel who also people really like, and he's like kind of a baby face, but he's really a heel, but he just gets cheered a lot, but he's like been, he's also held the belt for 800 days or something. Yeah. He's just like cemented as like an all timer as far as like runs. And I mean, that's a compelling story. And, um, you know, AEW doesn't necessarily have that uh, white meat babyface chasing the title. We got Brian Danielson, right, which is compelling television. But I don't know that anybody really thinks that he's going to win against MJF in the Iron Man match. It's going to be a good match. But, you know, it just feels like a hotter product. I feel a little bit more invested in that storyline than anything that's going on in AEW. But the wrestling well, in AEW is, like, top notch. I mean, we started out with MJF versus Takeshita. Takeshita wrestles every week, and it's awesome. MJF wrestles once every six months, and it's also awesome. <laughs> like, this is really good. Um, these guys just uh, absolutely went out there and had a curtain jerker for the ages. You know, um, 
it was just really well wrestled and really exemplary as far as like um, a babyface versus heel. I mean, you can't find a more babyface babyface than Takashita, and you can't find more of a heel than MJF. So, um, you know, ended up uh, did tap out the babyface, um, which, you know, that's something um, that is not very old school. I don't think anybody uh, would have done that. But they're they're putting over the um, arm bar because the whole thing is about Brian Danielson, and they've been working over his arm for weeks and weeks, so they're putting over the Fujiwara arm bar. So it is leading into the pay-per-view storyline. But, uh, yeah, this match is awesome. MJF tapped him out with the with the Fujiwara arm bar, hits him in the head with the dynamite diamond ring, and uh, busts him open. And uh, then later on, I know it's getting ahead of itself, but later on cuts a phenomenal promo about hydroplaning and his Camaro as Wild. a teenager while getting a blowjob. Wild. And just, just, I mean, that story went all over the place. I thought that was, was on, like, I thought I was on acid. I thought I was. I did. I that promo was wild. Uh, first of all, MJF Takeshita was very, very, very good. Uh, there's, there's, yeah, yeah. I want to hear you say it. There are sometimes when MJF does some shit where, and I don't, I don't want to be the hater, but like I, I. there are sometimes when Say with yourself, motherfucker. Come there's on. Sometimes when MJF does stuff where I'm like, he looks like he's on tough enough learning how to do this. Like he looks like he like when when they went for the when they went for the uh, the Hurricane Rana off the off the top rope and he flipped over and landed on his feet. It was impressive, but MJF looked just as surprised that he landed on his feet as I was surprised that he landed on his feet. Now that that might be some hater shit. That's some hater shit. Okay, Takeshita is incredible though, and I Takeshita continues his streak of getting in these really getting in these matches with big uh, stars, having these great matches and losing. What I'm waiting for, and what I hope happens, is that after MJF beats Brian Danielson, because I think that's what's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be clean. I think there's going to be some sort of chicanery at the end. But after that happens, I want to see Takeshita go on a winning streak, and I would like to see Takeshita get into the uh, get into the title picture somehow. I don't know. Do wins and losses still matter in AEW? <laughs> like I know that was a big thing when they started. I know that was a big thing when they started. Yeah, but you saw them rankings disappear. Yeah, though. Yeah, they don't really talk about them anymore, especially <laughs> after the especially after the uh, tag team. Uh, title match uh, this week, which is fine. Just, you know, I don't mind sweeping shit under the rug. It's pro wrestling. That being said, I love this match. I love this match. It might have been, it, it, it's my favorite non-pay-per-view MJF matches he's ever had. There's probably like three of them. But um, what do you think about it, Jason? I was thinking about you a good chunk of this match because you are the, the one of the – between the three of us, you're the one that is not convinced that MJF is could be any good is good right now. I think it's the soft bigotry of low expectations. I think that we like expect like we want him to be such a fucking barn burner in between the ropes. And listen, I'll have a lot more to say about this later on when we get to the main event because I have a lot to say about this main event 
I don't I, I love MJF. I'm just not ready to say that uh he wasn't completely carried by Takeshita in this match. Wow. Um he knows his character for sure. For sure. And that's what that's what wrestling and wrestling is a lot of character. And if I'm being a hater, so be it. Then I'm being a fucking hater. Well, at least you don't own this shit. I I'll th- own it. I I think this is a match that you can put in the in the archives of MJF and and show people. I'm not, MJF is not going to be Zack Sabre Jr. He's not going to be Brian Danielson, but he's not nearly oh. as bad as you you make him out to be in the ring. Well, I think that when people talk about him, they talk about him like he is one of those two guys. And like, and he's he's just not. Now listen, I'm not saying that he won't be. I'm saying that time heals all wounds. He might be that by the time he's thirty. The dude's still only twenty six years old. Like, let's not start crowning him fucking uh, the work rate champ of the century. Okay, We're, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about us. Between Just the three, three of us, the, between the three of us, yes, okay. Zach and I have been. You mean we're shitters reasonable? Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Zach and I have been at least pro MJF to the fact of he's competent in the ring. He's not slow. He is better than average. Then that that's better than what I thought you would say. Fair enough. Um, I thought the match itself was another showcase for Takeshita. Um, once again, the the difference between going over and getting over. I'm not as convinced that he he being Takeshita has some sort of run in AEW. I got to see it first. There's a lot of people that Adam Cole, baby, sometimes someplace has to come back. There's other guys that are going to be floating around, John Moxley, whomever the case may be. So, I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and say that it's Takeshita's turn. I got to see this shit happen first before... Well, in my opinion, there ain't no there ain't no turns. Like you strike while the iron is hot. They are putting him right smack in the middle of this title feud and it would only make sense if he were to be kind of the next guy in kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. Why would MJF allow a title match to somebody he beaten in a, in a non-title match? I mean, that's a great point. He he tapped him out, too. I mean, that's that's fair. Uh, listen, I guess I'm thinking in the old Vince way, and maybe I shouldn't be thinking in the old Vince way. That's how I'm thinking. Zach, what do you think? I said it last week. I thought Takashita should have won. Not, like, super strongly, but he's always going to look good. But I thought that there should have been some kind of, like, Danielson comes out, maybe a distraction, yep. you know, and Takashita goes over. And then... Danielson loses, and then you have a challenger lined up, right? Uh, you know, and then he can lose. No, for sure, and that, and ultimately, I guess I'll just say this, and we can move on if you want to. I hope Takesha is the one of the next guys, you know, in the next year, two years, to be in the title chase. You know, run somebody down. Hell, hopefully, win it. I got. I, I got to see it first. TK has a problem with, you know, I love you, and then I got to let you go for a little bit. I love you, and then I got to let you go for a little bit. Certain certain guys run the gamut of time. Other guys are here for a hot minute, and then I got to put you on the shelf for for whatever reason. I want to see 
if Takeshita has the staying power. Right now he does. We're building him up. He's we're doing it the right way. Who does he go over as the his that next big win? How do you elevate him to that next level? Jericho. Jericho's doing it with Ricky Starks right now. No, but I'm talking about after the next pay-per-view, which is what, a month from now? Yeah, it's um, sometime in March. All right. What was next, Zach? Uh, next, we had um, <clears throat> Jamie Hayter versus The Bunny, and she pretty much uh, dropped her right on her face with an exploder suplex, and they went right to the finish. Uh, but... Um, yeah, uh, this wasn't much of anything, really, but it was a title match, and that's about all I can say about it. Now, I was going to say, I think the the Explorer Suplex was, unfortunately, the, the finish that we didn't expect. It looks like Bunny might have gotten hurt at that point, and then they uh, went to the finish pretty much that from that point on. Um it, I wasn't expecting it derailed. It derailed whatever they thought yeah, they were doing. I was going to say I expected a little more because I think Allie slash Bunny, wherever you saw her, or you know her from, in your uh, your wrestling fandom, I think she's a, a really good wrestler, and it had at least been interesting to see, you know, her wrestle Jamie Hader. Obviously, Jamie Hader was going to win, but the match obviously was short, and that was probably the reason why it was short. I would like to point out that I think that. Did you guys talk about the Samoa Joe promo? We ain't got there yet, man. No, that happened first. No, I, I might have. I probably skipped it over. I'm. I'm just going by memory here. Yeah. So Samoa Joe cuts that promo on Wardlow, um, and in that promo, he puts over Darby Allen. He says, "Darby Allen, I may not. I may not uh, like you, but I respect you, and you're a worthy opponent." I like that. I like that Samoa Joe put over Darby Allen in that situation and then said that he doesn't respect Wardlow. I do like that. I also like how he said, I took your scalp. <laughs> That's some <laughs> hardcore shit, man. <laughs> if, it was, if it was Bill Veggie versus Darby Allen, he wouldn't put him over. He'd say, hey, Darby, put up your dukes. And I mean your daisy dukes that you wear in the ring above those leggings. Yeah, with your leggings, bro. Uh, gee, come on, man. Don't tee this motherfucker He wears up. the same size leggings as my 18-month-old. Same size. Yeah. Same size. Same size. See what you did? She's huge, though. She's tall. She's tall. She's a tall baby. My baby's a tall baby. Um, Stop. Okay. We had the gauntlet. Jericho Appreciation Society, Ricky Starks. Uh, Ricky Starks ran through Angela Parker, ran through Matt Menard. Uh, then it was Garcia that was out. And, of course, we got some Jericho Appreciation Society fuckery with one of Jericho's favorite gimmicks, which is masked man in the crowd and hit them with the Judas effect. And everybody but Taz, like, <laughs> pretended like they didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I know. Was Taz like, was so... Was, it, was that a fan? Taz was so good here. He's like, I think I think we know who it was. He's like, it looked like something. <laughs> By the way, did you see the shirt that Jericho's wearing during this? No. He was wearing a Scissor Me Daddy It was a Scissor Me Daddy shirt. That's right, that's right. Because he wanted to look like a fan. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to bring Chris Jericho front row or front row-ish... 
You got to make him look like everybody else. Why? Because it's impossible that a five foot eleven and three fourths d- flabby dude wearing a fucking shirt can't let, be a let him re- roll professional out there wrestler. With, roll him, it's not him, like he's Kevin Nash. Let him roll out there without <laughs> no mask and see what happens. I know what <laughs> he just looks like a regular dude. No, stop. He's 200. He looks like me. No. Chris Jericho is well known. He looks great lately. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. And you even said it. And you even said it. I don't know what I say from week to week, dude. I'm just trying to to create content. Oh, my Lord have mercy. Well done, my boy. Well done. You couldn't have Chris. The fact that, A, that Chris Jericho is out there, perfect. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Jericho out there, perfect. One. Two, in the mask with the Sesame Daddy shirt, even more so perfect. The only thing that was the giveaway was obviously the move he did. Taz is so fucking funny at that point. He's like, wait, what do you mean? It's like when, when I, why I get mad about Yano and with the low blows, Kevin Kelly's like, oh, my monitor went out. What are you talking about? This was the equivalent. Of Kevin Kelly talking about my minor going out. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, who's this fan? You motherfucker, we know who it is. You're getting worked. So be it. Um, so there's something that Zach skipped over. I have it written down. So I'm, I'm here to catch you, Zach. Uh, we skipped over the Tony Storm Soraya uh, backstage thing that okay. I, I don't That's think good. really needs to be talked about. Okay. I was getting ready to say, why you, is that why you brought it up? <laughs> But I do want to talk about because what came on right after that was the MJF promo about getting uh, Roadhead when he was in high school from a girl named Liv and then hitting a telephone pole and then cutting a promo about how she was still breathing. Zach, why don't you take it away? (laughs) Um, I I just thought this was absolutely phenomenal. he goes into pretty explicit detail about just, you know, and I, the thing is, is this is like believable um, that A, that he owned a Camaro and B, that he had so many speeding tickets that he was about to lose his license. Uh, I heard uh, him on Mark Marin. Apparently the thing about his first car being a Camaro is true. That's funny. Um, yes. So, but yeah, he says he has this like, you know, perfect little, brunette curly haired uh you know teen girl takes her takes her for a ride and he I know the type. like he's sitting there he's, <laughs> he's sitting there with Lexi there like you in shit. in you know he's like still sweating you know he's like barely you know he's just wearing his wrestling gear and he's in there with Lexi there and he literally like mimics the blowjob that was thing, it like, I was like on man, television hell no. with his tongue in his cheek and I just I couldn't believe it but uh, yeah, just cuts this promo about about wrecking, and then about how he was he was so close to losing his license, one point away. So he wakes up with blood in his mouth, and he's concussed, and he's confused, and he doesn't know what's going on. And uh, he realizes that he wrecked, so he takes her lifeless body and he puts it in the driver's seat so that he can put the blame on her. After he puts her, his finger under her nose to make sure she's, she's still, still breathing. alive. Yeah, yeah. So I so saw he's not completely terrible, but, <laughs> but I, <laughs> guess I saw, what? Move over, bitch. I saw some people on Twitter talking about how this was 
like immature, you know, there's Vincels out there that are, and by the way, Zach, you need to copyright Vincels. Like, I didn't make it up though. Oh, you didn't? Ah, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, uh, there's this Vincels out there that we're talking about how this was in uh, poor taste and shit like that. Uh, um, really? To me, this was the best Rowdy Roddy Piper promo that had never been cut. Like, this seemed to me like completely unhinged. 19, That's so accurate. 1989 Rowdy Roddy Piper. Like, it was just, it was completely unhinged. And it had nothing to do with anything either. I do want to say they kept talking about how he kept getting speed tickets, speed tickets, speed tickets. Does he not know that they're called speeding tickets? <laughs> Look, maybe that, that, maybe that's I was having a conversation. Thing. I was having a conversation with a guy the other day, and he said it's the upper echelon. Mm. And I was like, uh, do I do I correct him? No. Unless he's your friend, no. Can't correct him, right? I would I would let it slide because black people don't say facetious. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old one. I know. Have we told that story on here before? Yes, we I'm have. Sure we have. <laughs> yes, it's been a long time. One of my faves. Um, unless it's somebody you know, if it's you, and it was I, not somebody I know. I, I didn't say anything. I didn't correct him. But he said yeah. upper echelon. Yeah, okay. All right, man. Upper echelon. Yeah, because that's it. so weird because it's like that means that that that, that means that they they've read the word and they know what it means, but they don't know how to pronounce, pronounce it. it. That is that's like strange to me. It's like a You're an English major, so I mean it's it's hard to wrap you your head around that shit. Yeah, but do you get what I'm saying? No, totally. Totally, totally. But for you, for more so for you, it's it's like the double whammy. You know, you it's like know, when that old bastard ordered <laughs> Quesadilla, <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to embarrass him in front of his family. So when right, I present, when I was waiting tables and I gave it to him, I was like, Oh, your chicken Quesadilla. <laughs> Just went along with it. I wouldn't have said anything, but here you go, play. They're like both of these guys are so dumb, right? <laughs> I know they're like, Fucking Oh, this idiot. guy's this guy's as this guy's as stupid as my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Um. Let's go back to Tony Storm and Soraya. You can go back to that. I'm, I'm kidding. Gonna, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't want to touch you that. You guys made fun of me. Okay, all right. Let's. Uh, yeah, so, are they doing the, L, the LWO gimmick? Dude, <laughs> come on. Thank you. That, just, that MJF speeding, that MJF story, plus also the other thing I wanted to say about the MJF uh, speeding story was if some chick's sucking your dick, and you hit a telephone pole, that ain't good for your dick. <laughs> so I hope she pulled up beforehand. I hear the word according to uh, word according to Garp. Listen, I know he's Jewish and he's already been circumcised, Stop. but that's the type of circumcision you don't want. Stop. Because <laughs> that's like have your dick. Ultimately, I guess the point. I am also circumcised. <laughs> what the fuck? Not some fucking freak. Okay. <laughs> I I got nothing. I was going to try to get I'm having back fun, guys. <laughs> I was going to try to get us back on track. I have nothing after that. Okay, get us back on front with track with the uh, Guevara Garcia gauntlet. <sighs> on record, R.A. Sanders is a, an angle that we've already done. We're doing right now. Obviously, we're wrapping it up with Roosh. And we'll talk about that here in the main event. I didn't think this was anything more than a way to 
keep it the Ricky Starks, Chris Guevara, or Chris Guevara, it's Chris Jericho um, few going. I just, the good part about it is the finish that Jericho came out and got involved. His fuckery led to Danny Garcia pinning Ricky Starks. That's the only thing I really liked about this. The first couple, you know, Matt Menard, Angelo Parker, I mean, they're both done, like, within a minute. I'm like, okay, so then why are we even having these jokers out? But then why are we having these jokers out? I mean, if you're going to do a gauntlet, let's do a gauntlet, okay? You got Sammy Guevara there, unless he's hurt, unless he, you know, too hard sex with Ty, then he should have been one of these two guys in this match. Nobody gives a shit. You don't even like these jokers. So why the fuck are we going to have these two jokers come out and waste two minutes of everybody else's time to set up the match that we are all kind of knowing that was going to happen anyway? That was that felt like WWE shit to me. Well, they're they're valuable I'm members not, of the roster, right? Matt I'm Menard not, and Angelo, whatever. For the, yeah, for whatever. <laughs> Enough said. You just made my point. What's number his name? one, Matt Menard, motherfucker. That's why I said that? no. I said Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Parker. Okay. Okay. No reason for them to be at this match. They can be cheerleading on the outside ringside. And do they, do just, they ever fight on like darker elevation yeah. or anything like that? They do. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I mean, it's not like they, they don't do anything. It's just for me. I'll you tell are, you what. You already did this. You're doing this segment. I thought this one. segment was okay because it subverted expectations for me in which Ricky Starks didn't win. You can't have him win. Daniel Bryanson's getting ready to win. So, you're going to have two guys running the gauntlet, both winning. Well, yes. they. I mean, they booked themselves into a corner with that, but at least they didn't book themselves into a more of a corner to another corner. Okay, that's that's you why know. you did it. All right. Okay, you're right. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, you're right. It happens from time to time. What's next, Zach? Uh, what was next? We had uh, the gauntlet, and then was it the... It was a claim um, backstage saying that Billy Gunn was going to stay backstage for the acclaimed versus guns, and then we had Brian Danielson versus uh, Rush. I like uh, them teasing the turn, um, you know, just uh, definitely pretty solid um, little backstage segment. It, it added value to the storyline. But, um, yeah, Danielson versus Rush, like, I knew, like, I know I've seen Rush, uh, Roosh, I've seen him wrestle good matches uh, before. He hasn't had the best run in AEW, but, like, the dude was, like, a legit star, um, you know, wrestling in Arena Mexico, and, um, you know, it's the American Dragon, and then you're like, oh, this is going to be, like, good, and then they just have, like, this, like, transcendently good match, and Danielson's, like, blading, just bleeding everywhere, Oof. and uh, Jesus. this thing just ruled. This was, I mean, there were three excellent matches on this show. Um, it's insane to me. I feel like we say that all the time about Dynamite. Like, oh yeah, uh, that match was good. There were three really good matches. I, it's just if you take away Wrestle, K- I know it's only February 9th, but if you take away Wrestle Kingdom, this is the match of the year. Mm. Wow, <laughs> that's how I'm gonna start well, clocking. Damn. That's how I'm gonna start well, clocking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I mean, my big question is, why does AEW keep trying to make me uh, pronounce vowel sounds incorrectly? You got Roosh. <laughs> you got Pack. You got Phoenix. <laughs> now we need one That's Pac, uh, Rush, and I. Phoenix, right? Yeah, now we need one for uh, for I and O. Oh, Eddie Kingston. Ibushi might that, be coming over. Ibushi. Ibushi. This match ruled. Um, uh, really, it's I, I can't remember the last time we've seen Danielson bleed this much. He definitely uh, he was bust, he was busted open. Uh, Roosh fucking rules. This uh, at least had a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of an appetizer going into it with Brian Danielson being locked in the room and then busting out of the room, uh, which I liked. I also liked Aubrey Edwards being like, fuck you, I'm going to count really slow because she knows that there's some sort of injustice going on. You know, this is like this is something that's really hard to explain to non-wrestling fans, but it's like Aubrey Edwards wasn't necessarily being a baby face there. She just, you know, referees... They have makeup calls, you know. The referees they they have their own they have minds too. Call. You know, they have makeup calls. That's a really good I, way to point. I loved uh, love this match. Uh, there's not much more I can say about it. Brian Danielson. Decided to have a bunch of dream matches. He had Roosh. He had Timothy Thatcher. He had uh, Brian Cage. Maybe not a dream match. Maybe it was for him. He had Bandito, which was probably the best of the series, and he did exactly what he wanted to do. They that wasn't the best of the series. You think tonight was? Till, it wasn't till last night, dog. You think so? Oh my god! You got blood splatting on the fucking camera. camera. Yeah, on the camera. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. But Brian Danielson, this is exactly this is exactly what guys like us want. We want, okay, so tell us a stupid story that we know the ending to, but, but like, let's have fun along the way. And Brian Danielson basically had 80 minutes of his own dream matches, and every single one of them, even though you knew that Brian Danielson was going to win, yep. every single one of them was must-watch. Every single one of them. 80 minutes against four different guys. Four different guys that, like, Brian Cage is the only one that I had seen, uh, Thatcher too. The only ones that I had seen multiple matches of. I'm not a big Ring of Honor guy. Um, and that's what made the Rouge thing to me so intriguing once again. You like, like you it said, better than Bandito? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and don't get me wrong. The Bandito match was dope. This, this to me, kind of reinforced... Why I'm kind of mad at TK from at at time to time. Roosh was uh, was already the guy coming in. He was the Ring of Honor two time Ring of Honor champion. I think he was the champion coming into the pandemic, and then you know from that point, you know all that hell guy needs. Was, you know what that guy needs? Roosh. <laughs> Go I'm ahead. Tell you exactly what he needs. What does he need? A mustache. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. He looks weird without it. He doesn't have any facial hair, and it looks weird on him. Shit. This to me was the he main. Needs like uh, like a handlebar, um, or what do you call it? Like what's the one that goes across and then down? It doesn't meet like a goatee, but it's just like a, an upside down U shape. Like a Fu Manchu. 
Fu Manchu. Yeah, he needs a Fu Manchu. Yeah, oh, Fu Manchu Christ. would be good. No. He needs to look like he needs facial hair like Kurt Russell in Tombstone. <sighs> anyway, and come to the <laughs> ring with a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for me, I already had high expectations. I've seen plenty of Roosh matches, and I knew that this would be good. This superseded my own expectations. It's better than good. It was damn. It was fucking great. The blood is shit aside. It was a scenario where, if you weren't familiar with Roosh, this was your introduction to him and now you're seeing him just trade shots with Daniel Bryan saying like nobody's business I thought it was I would kind of wish that Andrade was around but that's a different story for a different time L-I-J L-I-F or L-F-I affiliations aside Zach L-W-O <laughs> no Los dif- different in- from Ignorables Los Ignorables Right? Los Ingo Renales de Japón. L-I-J. God love me some Nino. That's what I was ultimately waiting for, and obviously that's not that's not going to happen. Zach, out of the four Daniel Bryan matches in this series, I think there were only four, right? There weren't five? It was Cage, Bandito, Thatcher, Thatcher. Roosh. Sorry, Rush. Um, Which one was your favorite, Zach? Maybe recency bias, but it was probably this one. And it, it, this it, or Bandito. Yep, I agree with that. It was one of those two. Yeah. Either I, one I, would, I, no wouldn't be mad, I wouldn't be mad either one. No. The bottom line is, Brian Danielson, I'll have a lot to say about this later. Okay, so coming up next, we had Young Bucks versus Top Flight. Uh, the Young Bucks, or not yeah, Young Bucks, yeah, the man. Elite. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, you missing a couple guys, motherfucker. You, you knew what that meant. They were versus Top Flight. Oh, Top Flight is, uh, they're hitting some high notes right now. Uh, Top Flight is really fun to watch. So is f- Top Flight with AR Fox, or are we just going just... Top Flight with AR Fox. Okay. Just, you know. That's all three of them, right? It, is AR Fox not top flight? No. <laughs> oh, no, okay. He's totally separate. I, th- I thought that he was in there now. No. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. God. <laughs> okay. The Elite versus Top Flight and AR Fox. Is White that better? <laughs> what were they? I don't know. I just made it up. Flight Foxes. Oh, that's good. <laughs> the Flight Foxes. Yeah. I get it. Oh man, you—that's a really Portland joke. <laughs> it's good though. Just say, I just want to give Ar Fox his credit because I think a fleet a fleet foxes uh, countercultured wrestling joke hybrid is pretty Portland. Uh, so anyway, this match was very fun to watch. Top Flight is great. Ar Fox is great. The Elite—they got to start telling a story with this or something. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, uh, you know, it is great to have them in excellent matches, uh, you know, kind of week after week. But we, we're we solidifying these titles as, like, must-see television, but uh, it would be nice to have a story around it. So I feel like we need to bring in, bring in something that we're missing. Um, or even you know, just a promo. 
like just a promo backstage with them bragging about beating Death Triangle. Have we even seen that? Or they just win and then come back on screen? Jason. They, oh, who did they beat on uh, Rampage on Friday night? But did um, they talk shit about it afterwards? It was like Isaiah Cassidy. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah, Ethan Page and um, Matt Hardy. So they beat them on Friday. They came, I mean, and so then they immediately came right back on Wednesday and had this tag title match. Ultimately, you're asking for somebody to come in from the outside. They have them right there. It's called House of Black. Now, how you get from point A to point B, that's the question. You got Brody King, Buddy Matthews, and Aleister Black of course. just hanging out in the corner. Not unless there is something that Buddy Matthews might be uh, – if I read correctly, he might be coming up for contract. At that point, then I can understand it because obviously you got to have a trio. Next year should be Buddy Matthews versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Then slow down, man. Or put Shit. Buddy Matthews in the G one. Jesus Christ, man! How's it? How's it? Everybody that's coming up for anybody that's coming up for contract goes to the G one. Who else is coming up for contract? Jesus Christ! I don't know. I mean, um. Carmella. Is Carmella going to the G1? Put her in the G1. (laughs) Who else? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Kota Ibushi. Is Kota Ibushi going back to the G1? Yeah. Jesus Christ. All All right, man. Two beer. Take over, please. I'm just saying I'd like to see a promo from the guys. All right, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I think the logical match that everybody wants to see in the logical program is House of Black versus the Elite. And... You know, I mean, the Elite lost these titles once, or they were stripped of them once, at least. And then they lost that initial match, uh, and then they turned it into a best of seven. But, I mean, it's the Elite. I think that they can absolutely absorb, um, you know, losing two House of Black. Uh, and I think that would be a boon for that faction. That I, I think it's a little bit more than just Mark there would is, like to see more of those guys. There is something they don't like about House of Black. It just stops and starts and stops and starts ever since they came. Agreed. Well, I think part of it was in- injury something- with Malachi Black, and then there was there was Malachi Black having like his issues where he like stepped away and stuff. But when he stepped away, he had talked about how he'd been fighting injury, and it seems like Tony doesn't want to use the other guys without him, which is kind of weird. But he's got so many so many toys in the sandbox that I'll tell you what, though, when I look at Buddy Matthews, I'm like. Put the belt on this guy. I was about to say Which TNT belt? type. Yeah. Any belt. <laughs> I wasn't he see. I wasn't gonna fall he into that trap. He should beat Jade Cargill. <laughs> Whoa. You Somebody needs shit. to. Now that now, would see you now that would, either. Now that would be an angle. Buddy Matthews. No, that's comes gonna in. be James Elworth. <laughs> I would love that. James love Elworth that. comes in. Uh what's back. next? What's next? I gotta keep us on track here. Please. <laughs> uh what's the main event? Uh, well, there was Hook and Stokely, ha- Stokely Hathaway backstage, uh, and Practical Jokers in between. Yeah, and then we had the Guns versus the Acclaimed. Zach, why don't you tell us what happened with the Guns versus the Acclaimed? I barely can tell you. There was so much, uh, and it was honestly very late. Whenever I watched, I was getting very tired, and I, um, it was just. There was a lot of booking. There was a lot of chicanery. Um, I don't have um, a good grasp on it myself. There were belt shots. Uh, but, um, I mean, 
Acclaimed lost the titles, which is uh, pretty wild, but not because, you know, I don't know that I would pick the guns to have them lose, but it does give the Acclaimed an opportunity to chase, and that's more interesting than them just being uh, kind of babyface champions now. Their gimmick is still hot, but, like, you don't want it to get tired, so having them chase is complicates the story. So I'm okay with that. It's just funny so, how we have so many tag teams and they chose Austin and Colton Gunn to do it, but I guess it's because of Billy. So, you know. Right. So would you say you're very happy with the title change? Kind of happy with the title change. Neutral. Not real happy with the title change. Or you hate the title ring. Title, title change. What would you choose? I am... Uh, I would say between kind of happy and neutral. I gave you five choices. Don't go between. Just choose one. Okay. Neutral. <laughs> neutral. You're right. What do you think, Jason? I, I say he, I can go either way. I'm going to say whatever you say, I will go with the argument, even though I see both sides completely equally. I was thinking about this a lot today. Well, I just screwed up your opportunity to play devil's advocate. No, no, no. I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah, you really did, (laughs) motherfucker. I I, I think we all know me well enough that uh, there's very few times that I I play on a side of a fence. So let's let me get on one side. Somewhere. There's a guy that never has an opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Somewhere Santana or Ortiz should be throwing down a fucking monitor. Okay, oh, the guns. Not where I thought you were going to go. The guns have what, gotten. What about what about Santana and Rob Thomas though? <laughs> <laughs> they can sing in the background while Santana or Ortiz are tearing shit up in the back. So let's get this straight, man. Let's get this straight. Thinking of Rob Thomas and Santana. Hold on, it would be funny if they were a tag team and their finisher was called the Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's some shit. (laughs) Don't you derail me. Don't you derail me. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Okay. Um, That harm heat. Powerful. Here they go. (laughs) Setting up for the Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa. (laughs) Oh, and it's just like the ocean under the moon. (laughs) Just like listening to like Mauro Ronaldo saying that. Oh, God, that would be such a call. Oh, my God. You are fucking ridiculous. The fact that the guns have the tag team tiles before Santana Ortiz is ridiculous. Okay. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe. This gun thing goes to where Billy flips, and then you know you have another big ass baby face run for the acclaim, which they already have. I mean, I don't get, I get it. If you're gonna have Billy flip, that was when you were gonna do it right then. For me, once they won, my immediate first thought was, God damn, these jokers won, and you had one the when. Santana Ortiz came out and they signed with AEW. I was like, "Oh, this is perfect." Why are we the, talking about Santana Ortiz? Because I, because the Guns won the fucking titles. Yeah, I know, but Santana Ortiz weren't that's in not the a, match. That's not an answer. <laughs> that's not an answer. <laughs> yeah, because, right. a, a, this okay. A, it's not like this match was that damn great. I was waiting for Billy to come out to where now we got some fuckery. So was everybody. So the fuckery happened. 
inside the ring where you had the belts yeah. and Colton hit, you know, fucking uh, of course. Bowens, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Okay. I'm still not saying. I call saying, it concave chest. I'm, yeah. not, I'm still not going to say that Billy is out of play. I would be stunned if he doesn't help his own sons against some random black guys. Sorry in Black History Month. But some he, random black guys on. he don't know. But, okay. All right. Uh, now that Holden Caulfield is off the mic, Zach, <laughs> that was a real stream of consciousness. You just went places I didn't think you were going to go. Sorry, not sorry. Zach, what did you think about the title change? So, W-E. not surprised because of the complication of the story. A little surprised that we didn't get the turn when it happened, but... Um, you know, perhaps we will get the turn. Maybe we won't get the turn. Perhaps we get the turn and the acclaimed is able to overcome the turn and win it back. I do think the acclaimed will win it back. Whether it's next week or in a couple of weeks or at the pay-per-view, I don't see the guns as like a long-term. I think this is like them having the belt for a couple of weeks on TV is like a heat magnet situation. So it, it just adds, you know, some variety, which I'm okay with. Uh, Are I they heat magnets though? Are they heat magnets? I think them. I think them coming out with those belts and like doing uh, the scissoring shtick at least for like a week or two. Um, that'll get some heat. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, okay. Listen, it, it was the idea to put them at the end of the show last night is admirable because you want to put a shine on this, like this. You have lots of stories going on, but this is a story that's been going on for a while, and it's got the dad, and it's going to have a title change. There was three other matches they could have put in the main event slot. And that's why I keep saying that Roosh and <laughs> it was so, it, Roosh mean, and Daniel Bryan say was the, the, the main other thing event. is, uh, the only reason that I was so excited to watch that part is because I was sure that Billy Gunn was going to Agreed. flip. Yeah. And, what I mean, put it on my shirt. Predictable isn't always bad. And then when it didn't happen, but they lost anyway, it's right. like, wait a minute. Like, that's the worst of both worlds. <laughs> it's like, either they retain the titles or Billy Gunn flips. But to just have the guns win the titles, it's like, kind of weird. At the same time... Didn't see it coming. Didn't see it coming. You know, flip the board over every yeah. once in a while. I, I, you know? <laughs> Listen, the ma- the match was bad. But there's no two ways around it. Really? The match was bad. Yep. The acclaimed, they claimed have had good matches when they're with Swerve and Keith Lee. Why do you think the match was bad? Hold on. When there was, like, the acclaimed look good against Swerve and Keith Lee. They look good against FTR, mm-hmm. right? When they're going against guys that are probably less experienced than them, like, who's the most experienced out of those four guys that are headlining a dynamite? Yeah. Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good point. That's just because he had a couple orgies in the high school. Dude, stop. I'm Jesus just, Christ. <laughs> Fuck. All I'm saying is that w- there was nobody to lead. Right. It was the blind leading the blind. Right. Either one of them could have a great match with FTR. In fact, they both did last year. They right. both beat FTR last year. Right. Towards the end of the year. Right. Those can be good matches. But when it's you two guys, 
you four guys, yeah. it just no completely fair, completely it was, fair, and it was it was sloppy, and the timing was really bad at the end, and the ref took the stupidest bump ever, and they were just it was. Go, I mean, go back and watch the last 10 minutes. It no, was, no, no, no. The last bad. 10 minutes was essentially the match, and it was, that's – It's not good. It was bad. It was a bad match. I guess that's – And Billy Gunn so still didn't point. turn, and I know they have a bigger story, and I'm glad they have a bigger – like, I have no doubt that they have the next four weeks mapped out. If you don't listen to Mark Maron's podcast, he had five guys from AEW on today. He gave, he gave Jericho, like – 35 minutes. He gave Tony Khan 35 minutes. He talked to Kingston for a while. He talked to MJF. And, like, Tony Khan has this shit planned out. Like, he knows what's happening in the Billy Gunn story. And I'm sure it's part of a bigger story. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't mind the title change. It's just... I don't mind the title. I don't mind the... uh, I don't think that... I just don't like the way it played out. If I you're do gonna not, do it, just just flip Billy and just be done with it. I don't. I don't feel like AEW is. I feel like they're the porridge is just warm enough. It's like the perfect temperature in the in the way that they. Black people don't eat porridge. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, the 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 three Goldilocks and the three bears. Black History Month, motherfucker. Make it make sense. He does not hotshot titles at all, and he doesn't keep <laughs> titles on people too long. I feel like he changes titles at the right time. Like, I feel like it's unpredictable and um, not not too quick. Like, I don't think he hotshots titles in AEW. Do you? No. Zach? No, definitely not hotshot. And uh, it feels very easily lengthy, but not too long. I'll also say this. If the guns are going to be heels and they're going to hold the title, their music is perfect because it is awful. Like, it is like, it's like, it's like Kenny G, but like a little bit more jazzy. Dude, it's so bad. Great music. Say, you can play it right now. I would not even know. But, like, listen, don't. I don't really love the guns. I don't like them at all, actually. But, you know, it shakes it up a little bit. I don't hate it. Here's my only problem with this, and if you're ready to move on, we can. We can move on. For a tag team division that we we championed coming into it and is still pretty good right now, the guns as the tag team champions is a little – Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, disturbing. I'll go with that. Disturbing. I think mostly it's uh, it is jumping. It's it, it's like taking advantage of opportunity because I don't think the acclaim being champions was in the card a year ago, but they got super hot, and then Billy Gunn was super hot, and it's kind of just like they said it's complicating that story. I don't think this is like a long-term thing, and I definitely wouldn't think of it as a slight to any of the other very deserving teams. It just makes logical sense with the story that they're telling now. I don't know that any professional like teams 
are feeling slighted because the guns are the champions, right? Um, no, no, I no. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a booker. I'm not a wrestler. Everybody but, else is um, already made. You might as well make them a little bit credible. They're they're not terrible. Obviously, I'm not, no, obviously, I'm not saying that they're ter- terrible. I'm I not. Just, I don't think they're heat magnets, but they get heat. They do, and now I agree with that. To me, the heat magnet of the whole bunch is uh, MJF. All that being said, this this just felt out of right field. Even though there was a bill to it, I was not expecting to see the acquainted lose last night. And that to me was a was the surprise of the surprise. Fuckery aside, and there was plenty of fuckery from uh the guns or whatever. The biggest fuckery was the, the guy that didn't do the fuckery, and that was his daddy. You know, I was waiting for Billy Gunn to come out. And, you know, do, you know, make, as soon as the ref took the fall, I was like, okay, here comes Billy Gunn. And he never came out. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I just, that was my expectation. The it guns, wasn't a clean win, which is probably better than, uh, like, I would prefer that. And they protected the acclaimed. Fair enough. Right. It just oh, felt. Max Caster doing his rap in Spanish for that <laughs> Texas crowd. Oh man, that was pro move. Yes, very much so. And that and I always have to give credit for that. I I wish I could speak any other language besides English fluently. That's some shit. Wait. You only speak one language? Yeah, I'm Roll the fuck up. I know, I know. It's it's gonna be a, a bigger deal once I I get a little older, but all right. We'll figure it out. So the title change was strange. Very. And very newsworthy. Anything else we're going to say about it? Does Billy Gunn turn on the acclaimed eventually? Ultimately, I I say yes. It only makes sense if you're going to keep, if we're going to stick with the acclaimed has to chase and the guns are the champions. I think it would be cool if Billy Gunn went back with his kids, right? And then the acclaimed don't have a daddy anymore. And then Chuck Palumbo comes in. Oh, Jesus Christ. And they got Billy and Chuck. Just like the old days. Wouldn't that be great? Come on. You, you're just stuck on that Billy and Chuck thing. You, you're, you're, you're never going to let it go, are you? It was incredible. You're never going to let it go, are you? It was so good. Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. Then it was. In 2023, nah. All right. I'll give you a rundown of what happened in NXT because NXT Vengeance was really good. Uh, Wes Lee fought Dominic Dijak. I saw the uh, the broken finger of that. uh, Yeah. I sent you guys a text, you two guys, (laughs) and I said, hey, guys, if you you don't watch Vengeance, just check out (laughs) Wes Lee versus Dijak. And then, hey, little peek behind the curtain, guys. When I called Zach tonight and we started talking, I said, hey, did you guys watch Wesley versus Dijak? And they were like, nope. <laughs> and then Jason starts writing off his schedule. I mean, goddamn. He's like, I work 7 a.m. to 6 a.m. Yes, yes, I do. I go out to my car. I sleep for 10 minutes. 
smoke, I smoke weed, weed <laughs> for thirty minutes. Jerk and, off for ten, and I get up and, and we I'm do it again. Ten minutes early. <laughs> we get up, we do it again. Anyway, I would say this: the two you guys magic, should watch this match. It's no, got the, a wonky finish, but Wesley and Dijak are incredible together for about thirteen minutes. The like, two so matches good. that I I hear a lot about. Is this match, and then obviously Carmelo Hayes. the uh, the Carmelo Hayes Apollo Cruz, Carmelo uh, <laughs> Apollo Cruz. That's for a different reason because it's it's two out of three falls, and it didn't go to the third fall. Right. That's the one that I was just like, really. Don't get me wrong, friend of me to show Dijak is who he is, and he's a really good talent. Dijak, come kinda find su- me. I was just yeah. Let me interview you. (laughs) Like he wants to fuck with us. I was just kind of surprised that Wesley was the guy to go over, especially when you brought Dijak back. Well, it was actually kind of interesting because Dijak was the heel, and Wesley was the babyface, obviously. But then uh, Tony D and uh, his buddy Stacks came in. And they fucked it up for Dijak, and Dijak as the heel looked at them as heels and was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then Wesley took advantage of it, and Wesley won. Sounds like uh, ground warfare, as far as I'm concerned. That's that's some Sopranos-type shit. It wasn't like a a heel turn, though. No, Um, it's just Sopranos. You know, you fucking with my fucking territory. Carmelo Hayes beats Apollo Crews. (laughs) Two out of three falls, but he wins the first two. Okay. This uh, is the one I want to talk about because I heard Apollo about Cruz, it. Apollo Crews, Babatunde comes down and saves Apollo Crews, but Trick Williams still gets the better of Apollo Crews, and Carmelo Hayes goes over two out of two falls. He won both of them. Okay, so talk to me about this Babatunde thing. I mean, Commander Aziz or whatever well, the fuck you want to call him. Some people call it Teenage Wasteland, but I call it... Baba Tunde. <laughs> so he <What>? comes. <laughs> so he comes out. So Baba Tunde slash Commander Aziz comes out. Try saves Apollo Cruz from what? But Apollo Cruz loses it. Trick Williams. He still lost anyway. So what's he saving him from? Dude, it was pretty dumb that way. It really didn't make any sense. I only watched it once. Okay. I'm not going to try to explain it. Okay, here. so that's all uh, I need to hear on Gallus that one. wins the tag four away. The best thing I can tell you about this match is that Andre Chase and Duke Hudson still wrestle in their college sweaters with Chase like, was in the house. With like yeah. slacks on. And Andre Chase is one, of over. My, is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, though, now. No, he's over. Like, he's in my top ten. What? He, he, yeah, he's in my top what? 10 wrestlers of all time. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, hang on. Let's get some context he does into this. this. Thing. He does this thing where he, the guy's in the middle of the ring, and he kicks, stomps, kicks, and he goes, give me a C, and then he kicks the guy. And he's like, give me an H, H, kicks the guy, and he goes all the way down, chase you, and he goes, what does that smell? And the whole crowd goes, chase you, and he kicks the fuck out of the guy. And okay. I'm telling you, it's one of the funniest things you'll ever see in your entire life. Okay, so this. <laughs> it's so good. So this, there's so many questions right now. They didn't even win. Gallus I won. know, I know. So uh, one of the things I saw on Twitter was 
probably this kick sequence you're talking about. I just didn't see the whole thing. It's just the crowd's just going ape shit that Andre Jace is kicking random guy on the ground. Number one. I, I don't I didn't see the shit. I don't even know who the fucking guy you're talking about. Number one, the fact that you're saying that <laughs> Chase uh, Andre Chase, aka Harlem Bravado, for those who are, you know, just going deep into this shit. Yes, I know who his fucking backstage name is. If he's that guy, that guy in NXT why are we fucking around with, you know, him being in this little chase you, you know, go faction or whatever the case may be. It's cute. I see it on, you know, the Twitter or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, come on, man. It's it's comedy at best, number one. Number two, no. yes, it is. Yes, it really is. If, he was, if it was that sweet, you would put the tag team titles on him and you'd be done with it. Number two, more importantly, I guess here's where I was going with this. Braun Breaker obviously wins the the uh, the title, or well, not wins, but retains the title against against uh, Grayson Waller, and then obviously you had um, your boy, your boy, uh, Carmelo Hayes, going two for two in a. a a two out of three falls match, which makes no sense. I'm assuming we're getting Carmelo versus Braun Breaker the WrestleMania weekend. Yes, that's what's happening. Uh, did you watch Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller? No. Okay. All right. Braun Breaker is great. Grayson Waller is also great. This anyway, <laughs> nobody wants to talk about this anymore. Right? You guys didn't watch it. You guys don't do your due diligence for this podcast like what, I what do the for this. Fu- what the All fuck? All I do is work, work, work. No, you did not. Mm-mm. What do you guys do? Okay, see, Two Beard, do you do you want me to smack him left to right or right to left? I'll, I'll let you decide which way this motherfucker gets smacked. Yeah, he's right. Motherfucker, you ain't supposed to fuck up. (laughs) You ain't supposed to say he's right. You just (laughs) fucking bullshit, Bullshit. unprofessional bullshit. bullshit. Thank you. Come on, man, get my back. That's gonna do for a three count. Just one fight. He right. Okay, Uh, so odds and ends. The only thing I want to know before we finish this up is what's happening in New Japan. Coming up this week, um, the 11th is the the big date. Uh, obviously, that will be Okada versus uh, Jesus Christ uh, Shingo for the in in the NJWPG title. From that point, um, a lot of things kind of happened beforehand. Um, Hiromu and Yo had a a really good match for the Junior Championship. Hiromu retains. A lot of retain a lot of the champions retained in New Japan, but this weekend is the big big weekend. Okada versus oh Shingo. You're gonna have to spend the night, dude. No, I'm not spending the night. You got your motherfucking mind. Zach, what are you looking forward to with the NJPW stuff? Uh yeah, I mean <clears throat> Okada Shingo, I mean, that's just absolutely um never gonna be anything less than great. 
So it's just nice to have that to look forward to for the weekend. You know what I forgot to talk about earlier was Grayson Waller, after the pay-per-view, walked into HBK's dressing room while he was doing the press conference via Zoom (laughs) and starts yelling at HBK, which was really cool. And also... Uh, Bale, uh, we had Carmelo Hayes versus J.D. McDonough on Tuesday. And, and Dragonoff came back. And then we had Bailey do her knock-knock who's there or whatever Ooh, it's called. Yeah. The toxic Attraction, Toxic Attraction broke up. Kicking the, uh, the face for G- Gigi Jolent. Oof. That yeah. was... <laughs> that being said, though... I could watch that 15, 16, 20 times. <laughs> it's like, damn, damn, damn. Why are you kicking that girl in that face? All right, Zach. What are you looking forward to with Japan? I cut you off. No, it's, I mean, that, that, that's the main thing for me. Main event time. Oh, in that case. This is banned from ringside. <laughs> hey, we got some birthdays this week. Taiji uh, Ishimori is 40. Ooh, yeah. Him and uh, Master Wado are going to have uh, a match on that uh that 211 uh, show with uh, Okada and uh, Shingo Ken at the Sham- top. Ken Shamrock is 49. <laughs> the only thing I remember about Ken Shamrock is taking a, a unprotected chair shot to the face from The Rock. He's <laughs> like, come on, come on. Okay, Rock was like, okay, whack. <laughs> I lied to you to see if you were paying attention. He's 59, actually. Hernandez is 50. Bad motherfucker. Bad uh, <laughs> speaking of bad day. motherfuckers, Akeem or one man gang. Yeah, I was gonna say to me he's the one, always be the one man gang. Sixty three. Uh Tommy Dreamer, fifty two. Viscera. Still around? No. No, he's dead. No, no, I think he's RIP. Uh, he would have been fifty one. And Rich Swan is thirty two. Rich Swan and Josh Alexander for the title. The, I think it's this weekend. Roll the fact. fuck up! No, wrong button, motherfucker. I, I'm, I, I no, can't grow up. It cracks me up so much, though. Grow the fuck up! <laughs> it's his own voice. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, we got birthdays. Oh, oh, I just said them. Yeah, right. Uh, hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to ours. This motherfucker. For Jason Cornelius Bell. Can you drop bitches? Two beers, Zach Cohen. For Murray the Murray Man Murray. For Pedro Bat. For Tender Mahal. For Vice. For Sam the Muller Man Mall. For Tom MacArthur. For Dustin Shapers. For Dan Ritter. For being the Band, right? Hooking this whole Did shit I up. A, I, like, there's something I'm forgetting. Yeah, that, we got Black six Lives weeks. Matter. Tip your waitresses. Check. Tip your waiters. Tip your bartenders. Tip your weed dealers and boo the heels. Boo.